the human body, everybody has one. At least one. They are miracles of science, the way they operate, the way they work. You can chase down mastodons, or you can simply shake hands with a business partner. But what happens when things go wrong? What happens when things get gross? Put down that chalupa. It's time to talk about body horror today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. It would be a good idea to not use words I can't pronounce in my intros. Horror. Like horror movie. I I swear that I'm not saying that right. Horror movie. Anyways, speech impediments. They suck. Let's go ahead, though, and say hi to our newest Patreon, Ivan M. Hey, Ivan, thanks for supporting the show. Really, really means a lot. The support always helps me buy dumb stuff. Like, I finally got Veronica the Haunted Doll in, so she's going to be chilling with me over the weekend. She's very, very creepy looking with those creepy little eyes. But I'm sure she'll be a doll. And she's sitting over there right now as I'm pointing on a podcast. You can't see what I'm doing. But we'll keep her for the weekend. Well, longer than that. But And I'll let you know if anything weird or wacky happens. But And if you can't support the Patreon, that's cool too. Just get the word out about the show. That helps a lot as well. So I was looking over my topics that I was thinking about doing. And I've had this topic sitting on my computer for probably a couple weeks now. And it's simply titled Spider in Ear. And there were so many times that I was going to throw it in. It was like a three-minute long story. I'll talk about the spider in the ear. Talk about the spider in the ear. And I just was like, yeah, it doesn't fit the theme. And so today I was looking at spider in ear and I go, a body horror episode. Like all these horrible things that can go on with the human body and stuff that's happened. And I'm going to cram it all into one episode. That way I just ruin one meal instead of them just popping up randomly through different episodes. You're like, oh, Jason, please stop telling these stories. I'm just going to find some stories like Spider in Ear. And what I found was way, way more disturbing and gross than Spider in Ear. But let me tell you about Spider in Ear. Kansas City, Missouri. There's this woman named Susie Torres. Her ear hurts. Oh, what's going on with my ear? Uh, and she can't reach into it. You're not supposed to reach into it anyways, but can't figure out what it is. You guys, I guess I already told you what what's in the ear from the topic. Anyways, skip ahead. She goes to the doctor. There's nothing to skip ahead. These are all my notes. Susie Torres, pain in ear, goes to doctor, medical assistant. Both of those words are misspelled, by the way. Medical assistant runs out to get more people. Not other medical personnel. Just, hey, you, off the street, come here. Hey, you're selling groceries? Come in here, guys. Everybody. This is this is how detailed my notes are. That's why people go, hey, man, you got that detail wrong. I'm literally reading my notes right now. Goes to doctor. Medical assistant runs out to get more people. More people come in. It's very, very specific, Jason. Here's an actual quote. I think you have an insect in there. Pulls out a brown recluse. All the notes I have for this story. And it's really what the story is. They just, she goes out. The medical assistant went out and got doctors. Other medical personnel. They came in. They pulled out a brown recluse, which surprisingly didn't bite her. My buddy's mom got bit by a brown recluse. They almost had to chop her arm off. It started to rot away. Brown recluses are nasty. But anyways, I was like, oh yeah, I've always wanted to tell that story. I think it's super creepy. Got a sp- Who doesn't have like earaches or unexplained aches and pains? I covered that story a long time ago about the person with the runny nose, and it turns out their brain was leaking. It was uh, cerebral fluid dripping out of their nose all over the Thanksgiving dinner. That was the Thanksgiving special, actually. 
So I always like those stories that highlight kind of like stuff that happens to everybody, but it turns out to be something absolutely mortifying. So I was like, ooh, body horror. Let's do some more body horror stuff. Strap in, guys. If you're eating, just put it away. Eggs Benedict or eating Benedict Arnold. Put them both away. Put away your time travel device and your cannibalistic appetite. Put it away. We are going first off to Arizona. Sunny, sunny Arizona. The state that never sleeps because the sun never sets. The year is 2014. And this woman has Alzheimer's. This is, There's some dark stuff coming too, guys. This woman has Alzheimer's. <laughs> I should have warned you before I said that. This woman has Alzheimer's and she's sick. And her son's taking care of her. And the doctors are like, it's so weird because she doesn't have the gene for Alzheimer's. This woman, Doris, she didn't have the gene to get Alzheimer's, but she had Alzheimer's. And the doctor's like, we'd really like to steady her brain after she dies. We'd like to have her brain donated because we think the gene may have mutated or something like that. And the son's like, yeah, no, that's totally fine. Like, anything that can help someone else in this position. So when the mother passes away, he goes to donate the body and nobody could take it for whatever reasons. It's really actually hard to donate a body in a lot of places. So there's a place in Arizona called the Biological Resource Center. And they said, we will take your mom's body and what we don't and what we aren't able to donate or sell will cremate and send back to you. And he's like, that's perfect. And they've actually done a lot of stuff like this. Now, he sends the body out, and they end up getting sued. Biological Resource Center ends up getting sued. A lot of, well, actually, it became a criminal trial because there started to be some suspicions about what this place was up to. So the feds eventually raided the Biological Resource Center in Arizona, (laughs) kicked down the door. And what they find in this place where people, they had it set up that they would come to your house, take your loved one's body for free, and then to make their money back, they would sell and donate body parts around, and what wasn't left, it was the same thing with this guy, they would send to you back in cremation. So you're like, this is pretty good, because I'm not having to be charged for cremation, I'm not having to be charged for the body removal. It's a win-win. Somebody gets, like, this arm to experiment on, (laughs) the mad scientist poking it with needles, it's alive, and I get the ashes back. So, all these suspicions started. The feds kicked down the door of the Biological Resource Center. They find just bodies stacked up. No identification tags. Just torsos. Just like Jenga blocks. The guy's like trying to pull out an arm. The thing's all wobbling. Feds kick down the door. They're like, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. The feds made it wobble as the giant wall of torsos falls down. They find like a cooler. You know, like you got a little cooler. You put your Bud Lights in. It's a hot summer day in Arizona. Drinking a... Full of penises. Just full of junk. Literal male junk. The tour de force of this macabre setting. So the the FBI agents are in your facility. Like, it's one thing when your apartment's messing and you bring a girl home to your apartment. And you're, like, kind of, like, kicking the rats underneath your couch. You have a truce with them. You're like, don't come out when a girl comes. They're like, okay. Can we make her a dress? You're like, yeah, yeah, fine. But she can't see you making it. It's one thing to do that. It's one thing to have a messy apartment to bring your girl home. It's something different when the fe- when there are federal agents in your business, your business is messy, and your business is body parts. But even that, that's bad. That's bad. A cooler full of penises is bad. But somebody took the body of a, a man, a large man, and chopped the head off. They did. They didn't get the body like this, okay? So they got a human body. They chopped the head off the man took the head of a small woman, put it on the body, sewed it together, had it, had it stand in the corner. 
There's no amount of... there. You could say, oh, listen, officer, normally we keep our penises in a certain storage area, but there was a power outage, had to throw them in a cooler. How do you explain the body with a woman's head? Like, there is no explanation for that. So, anyways, that dude who ran the place, his name was Stephen Gore, ironically, he ends up getting, like, probation for all of this stuff. Now, he's currently facing a civil lawsuit. So, you go... What does any of this have to do with Doris, the woman who died of Alzheimer's? Well, she was donated to this place. Was she the tiny head on the body? No. Was she one of the torso stacked up? No. What happened to her was, this all came out because the FBI investigated all this stuff, the son found out about this, was that, and admittedly, I've been thinking about this story, I go, if it was my mom, how would I feel? Versus, if it was me, it'd be pretty dope, honestly. So, and I think, I, I mean, if it was my mom, I probably, I might be a little upset. I don't know. But again, it's kind of, it's kind of badass. So what they did, Biological Resource Center, took her body and sold it to the U.S. military. The U.S. military is like, yes, we got another corpse. They take the body out to the middle of nowhere. It wasn't middle of nowhere. It was a training ground. They didn't take it out to Kentucky. And they're like, come on, boys, let's test this. Take it to a training ground. Strap the woman to a chair. 74-year-old woman. They strap it to a chair, put a bomb underneath it, blow her to pieces. Now, the reason why they, it wasn't just they were bored. They're like, man, what are we going to do? Hey, we got a budget of a couple billion. Let's go buy some corpses. They wanted to see what would happen when an IED hit a human body. Now, to be fair, I think we're pretty clear on that at this point. They blow up. They disintegrate. But they got to keep doing it for some reason. What what are you going to get from that? They're like, that's weird. ISIS has the best bombs against 74-year-old corpses, gentlemen. We're losing this war. Like, you know it's just going to disintegrate this old lady. But anyways, the son's really upset about it. And he's part of the lawsuit as well. He goes, when I had my mom donated there, I didn't think you guys were going to blow it up in a chair. But again, think about it. You're like, that's awful, Jason. If my mom... Here's the thing. If my mom got tied to a chair and blew up in real life, I'd be devastated, and I would probably become a vigilante. But if my mom, my mom passes away, heaven forbid, or I pass away, or any of my loved ones pass away, and I'm like, ah, oh, I hope they're in a better place. Someone's like, they are, but their body was blown up by the U.S. military. I would be like, oorah, and I would just salute, because that's dope. How many people can say that the U.S. military personally, on purpose, blew them up? I mean. I guess I guess millions of people can say that, but still, it would be awesome. Okay, let's go ahead, and if you think, Jason, that's not really body horrific, that's just an old lady being blown to pieces and a couple body parts in a cooler. We're just getting started, man. We are going now to, of course, Florida. It's August 2019, so what was that, two months ago? Cops sitting in the police station, nothing to do, Florida's pretty peaceful place that's like lowest crime rate nothing ever happens there cops are sitting around super bored phone rings bring bring apparently they have a phone from the 1980s they pick up the phone they go 911 what's your emergency click and the person hangs up and they're like well got to send out some units because that's awfully suspicious so some cops go out they trace the phone call back the cops go out to this house Bang, bang, bang. They weren't shooting. They were not. That was them knocking on the door. They just don't show up at the house and go, Someone hung up here. Keep shooting. Call for backup. 
They go to the house, knock, knock, knock. And door opens up, 74-year-old man, a lot of elderly people in this episode. 74-year-old man named Gary Van Ricewick, Ricewick opens the door. Looks creepy. He has a mugshot, so you kind of know where this story's going, but, or, or do you? Creepy-looking old man. Officers are like, sorry to disturb you, sir, but we got a 911 call hang-up from here. Do you mind if we take a look? And the old man's like, yes, I do mind. I don't know what he sounded like, and I don't know what he said, but he does. I'm not going to make that part up. The old man, he's all hunchbacked. He's like, come in, officers. We had a 911 call from this house. What's going on? And the guy's like, listen, man. I don't have a hunchback, and my voice doesn't sound super weird, but I do have a unique fetish. I like cutting people's balls off, and they're like, ugh, gross. And, and I didn't, you didn't let me finish, officer. I just did it in there. Did you see that room right there? They're like, I was wondering where that blood, blood puddle was coming from and the moaning. He's like, yes. There's a man in there, cut his balls off. And he won't stop bleeding. The cops are like, get out of our way. Why'd you have to tell us that whole story? Cops push him out of the way, walk into the room. There's a young man sitting there with a towel in between his legs. Just blood everywhere. And his balls are sitting in a jar on the dresser. So after both police officers get done vomiting, they're taking turns. One guy's asking questions. The other guy, Bleh! And he's like, okay, my turn, my turn. It's not good cop, bad cop. It's throwing up cop, not throwing up cop. So anyways, after they get done just eliminating whatever they had left in their stomach, they call for medical assistance. The dude had to be rushed to the hospital because he was dying. He just was bleeding too much. So they arrest Gary, take him downtown, and they go, what is going on here? And he's like, listen, the guy was totally willing to do it. We met on Discord. Apparently there is... This doesn't surprise me. There's a subculture for getting castrated. It's a sexual fetish to be castrated. And then whatever. Then it's... Like, I don't understand what the step is after that. Like, yay, my balls are gone. Like, that's a fetish you can only do a single time. Right? Most fetishes are like, oh, I'm really into feet or boobs or hair. So I think we talked about that before. Like the number one fetish is hair and the number two fetish are boobs because technically they're not sexual organs, but people are, we've sexualized them. But anyway, and feet is the third most popular fetish. But anyways, most fetishes you can do over and over again. Like a castrate, what do you do? Do you fantasize about being castrated? And then that's like, whatever, that's disgusting. But then you get castrated and then, you fantasize about remembering about it? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. How that would even work. But anyway, so they get their balls chopped off. Is the moral of the, not the moral is what happens. Now, we're back. We're talking to Gary. And he goes, this isn't my first rodeo. And literally, I used to work on a farm. And I used to castrate bulls. So I'm good at it. And they're like, apparently not, sir. A man almost died. And they're like, ah, you don't understand. You don't understand the world I come from. You don't have the balls. And I mean that literally. Because as long as you... Wait, does that joke make sense? Anyways, anyways. Forget that. Forget that. I just... The officers are just sitting there in blank silence as Gary's trying to figure out if that joke made sense. And he's like, never mind, never mind. I castrated myself, actually. I cut off one of my own balls in 2012. The world was ending. I figured, what the hey. Sat down on the bed with a knife. Cut open my nutsack, 
ball rolled on out. And they go, why didn't you chop off the other one? That was my question. Why would you stop there? Maybe he had a fetish for only having one ball? He was a big Lance Armstrong fan? I don't know. But super bizarre. The whole thing's bizarre. And then he says, this isn't even the first time that that's happened. And they're like, what do you mean? He goes, oh, a while back, I rented a hotel room, met a guy on Discord. It's another reason why I probably never have another Discord. I met a guy on Discord, and he came to my hotel room. I cut his balls off with my knife, with my special knife. Apparently, this guy had a whole, like, one of his rooms was like an operating suite. He had, like, a special table, medicines for blood clotting, special knives. So he's admitted to doing this twice. His fetish may just be, like, fantasizing about doing it. I have no idea what's going on with this story. But he says, I did it before, and I cut the, the balls off, and he was bleeding. But he just got up and went to the hospital, and it got taken care of. And here's the important detail. It never got reported. And this happens a lot. This happened with the Jeffrey Dahmer case, when one of his victims ran out of the house right into the arms of two police officers and said, Save me, save me. This guy is nuts. Jeffrey Dahmer, the, the kid was like 14 or 15. I think he was 15 or 16, but Jeffrey Dahmer, who was late 20s, comes out of the house and goes, oh, this is just my gay lover. We're just having a spat. Dude was handcuffed and naked and bleeding out of the butthole at the time. Jeffrey Dahmer comes out and he tells the officers, hey, this guy, we're just gay lovers. It's just this spat. Don't, you know, sorry. He's a little drunk. Da, 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 da. Obviously underage, naked man in handcuffs with a bleeding butthole. The cops let Jeffrey Dahmer take him back into the house, where Jeffrey Dahmer then drills a hole in his brain and tries to make him into a sex slave. The cops have just, they've been devastated by that. But the thing, they said this was the thing. We weren't comfortable reporting it because it was all in this gay subculture and we didn't know like what was legit and what wasn't. Like, is this something that gay people normally do? Because the story took place like in, I think it was 88, 89 so there's no will and grace. The police officers basically were just like, we'd rather not deal with this. It wasn't like, oh, we hate gays and we hope this guy's going to get eaten. They're like, we don't know what they're into. We don't know what's going on. And so they let him go back in. And I think that's what happened this first time. This guy went to a hospital with no testicles and the, the doctors could obviously see that he was castrated and they didn't report it to the authorities. They didn't say, hey, we have a guy who just came in here who voluntarily had his balls removed. You may want to find out who did this because they're practicing medicine without a license. This guy almost died, and it's most likely he'll try it again. But they didn't report it. They, the, cops, the doctors are just like, we don't know what weird fetish you're involved in. We don't want to know. We don't want to know if this is normal or what. We're just going to patch you up and send you on your way. And you go, well, it's none of the doctor's business. If you walk nowadays in America, maybe it's just in Oregon and California, but I'll go to the doctor for a foot when I busted my foot up. I go to the doctor and they ask me, do I feel safe at home? And I'm like, well, other than the ghost in my closet, that's a little dicey situation. But yeah, I feel safe at home. So the doctors do have obligations to ask you about certain things. You can go to the doctor for pretty much anything, and they'll they'll see if you're a victim of domestic violence. I have no problem with that. I think that's totally fine for the doctors to ask ask. And if you if you think it's another business, you lie. But I mean, it's good that somebody's asking because a lot of times people never even ask those questions. Guy walks into a hospital, no balls. The cops don't even ask. They can tell it was, it's not like he was like, oh, I was walking and I tripped and I fell on a lawnmower. Like they know they were removed on purpose. Don't report it. Now Gary's in jail for practicing medicine without a license. And the funniest part of this whole story, (laughs) just the idea of dudes sitting around cutting each other's balls off on purpose isn't hilarious. It's kind of gross. But Oxygen News, Oprah's main news network, the hard-hitting journalist of Oxygen News, was writing this whole story. 
about, I got it from a couple different stories, but I'm reading the Oxygen article. Oxygen True Crime is what it's called. Because nothing says Oprah like serial killers and testicles being removed. Here is this quote at the end of this article from Oxygen News. This victim has not been named in reports. According to BuzzFeed, oh great, okay, uh, they're involved in this too. According to BuzzFeed, his testicles were transported with him to the hospital. But it's unclear if they have been reattached. Hopefully not, because what's going to happen is he's going to wake up and he's like, oh, the nightmare is over. And he looks down, he's like, no, (laughs) he has these two giant balls. He's like, no, he's just going to get them cut off again. Which, going back to my original thing, it's a fetish you can only do once. Wouldn't it be awful if a guy kept having them cut off and then put back on and letting them heal and then having them cut off again? Ugh. Anyways, let's move on to our next... That would be the ultimate evolution of that fetish. Castration, attachment, castration fetish. I probably just invented that, so I'm sorry, universe. Let's move on to our last one here. Our last story, Ivan's like, hey, man, I'm really glad that you, uh, you know, said thank you to me on your uh, podcast. But uh, next time, could you not do it on the episode that involves castration and moms exploding? Really, really appreciate the show, but uh, pick a different episode next time. Let's go ahead and move on to our last story. Oh, quick Dead Rabbit recommends, because this was another, I was like, this is perfect for this episode. You guys have all heard of the human centipede, but... And The Human Centipede's okay. It's a typical, like, low-budget horror movie that all hinges on a gimmick. I wouldn't even rank it in, like, the top 100, top 500 horror movies. It's really just kind of a middling horror movie with a great gimmick. However, The Human Centipede 2, full sequence, is a masterpiece of a horror movie. It is so good. And it has just these amazing elements. And all these little things just add up to this incredibly creepy narrative. The movie is about a security guard who never taught, he has, I think he might have one line of dialogue in the whole movie. He has to sell the whole movie just by how gross and creepy he is. He is a security guard who watches the human centipede all day long. So he sits in an underground parking lot and that's all he does is watch the human centipede. He lives with his mom and he keeps a diary of the human centipede and he's in his mind building his own human centipede. Tom Six is an amazing horror director, and I really want to see him do, like, a Haunted House movie. I really want to see him do, like, a demon possession movie, because he just has an eye for horror. Human Centipede 2 full sequence is a masterpiece of a horror movie. There is some controversy about the ending. I will tell you this. You gotta listen. You gotta listen after the ending, and you'll get what I mean. The ending isn't the ending you think it is, but it is a great... It's, I would put Human Centipede full sequence in probably top 20 horror movies of mine. I love that movie. It's super disgusting and very, very creepy and disturbing. And even watching the trailer, I had to turn away or kind of like flinch a couple times because it's really brutal. Sound design is amazing. Cinematography is amazing. It is great. Human Centipede 3 final sequence was okay, but coming off of... The second one, like nothing can beat that. And the plot of the third one is a prison warden watches Human Centipede 1 and Human Centipede 2 and decides to make that part of his plan for punishing prisoners. And the star of Human Centipede 2, 
The big, gross-looking fat guy is his assistant at the prison. Tom Six just does some weird stuff with his movies. He shows up in the third one. It's all bizarre, but Dead Rabbit recommends Human Centipede 2 full sequence. True body horror. Let's go ahead and move on to our last topic here. We're going to end this kind of around the world. A lot of these are medical reports, so we don't... (laughs) You're like, great, Jason. A lot of these are medical reports, so we don't have a ton of information about where they happen for privacy reasons. I really tried looking. Then I got to the point where, as I was looking, photos started to appear, and I'm out. I'm out. So, so let's... uh, These are all kind of around the world. So, they've happened... This has happened everywhere. This has happened everywhere, really. This dude in New Delhi. We'll start off in New Delhi. So we're in New Delhi. This 30-year-old dude and his buddies are hanging out. Now, I don't know if they're drinking. I don't know if they're partying. I don't know how this starts. But at some point, this guy's sitting there. He's probably, like, hitting on some chicks. He's like, hey, hey, what's up, girls? Yeah, dude, how you doing? Yeah, my name's whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't have a name. I'm mysterious. And while he's doing this or whatever action he's taking place, again, I don't know. His buddies go, you know what would be funny? You see that air tire pump over there? It's not like one that you like stand on and go with your hands. It's like a like a pump pump. They go, hey, you see that over there? They're like, yeah. Dude, you see him talking to that girl? Yeah, you know what would be really funny if we like put this in his butthole and turned it on. And then he would like jump up and grab his butt and the girls would laugh because they wouldn't know what was going on. They're like, oh, that'd be hilarious. So they sneak up behind him. Dude, dude. And he's just like, hey, yeah, so, yeah, I play soccer. I mean, we, I play football. Wait, in India, do we call it soccer or football? And while he's trying to figure that out, they stick the air pump in his butthole. And for one second, they put air up into his butt. Completely obliterates his rectum. It's called rectal blowout. And I had to do all this research on this stuff. What happens is when the air is pushed out of an air pump, it becomes in a sense, a solid. It has the physics of a solid. So it would be like if you stuck a brick up someone's butthole. And that's what it did. He oh, falls to the ground. The girls run away. He's like, oh, what'd you guys do? What'd you guys do? And they're like, oh, we just put this up your butthole for one second. Take him to the hospital. The doctors say when this happens, they go, it looks like wounds we see in battlefields. He goes, some doctor's like, that's weird. I saw a 74-year-old woman with a similar wound back in training. It completely just shreds your insights. He had to end up getting his colon completely removed, and now he has like a bag. And I don't know if it's one of those bags that hang out or one of the bags inside. I don't know. But anyways, he has a bag now. So those friends must feel terrible because they're like, hey, man, you want to hang out? He's like... Yeah, you want to clean my bag, you jerk? And they're like, yeah, I'll clean your bag. Sorry about that. They're washing it out, putting a little Lysol in it. I don't know how they work. Anyways, the point is, is that he has no more colon. So you think that's bad. Your friends stick an air hose up your butt and blow it away. You're alive. You know, that's pretty good. A lot of people die from this. There's a video on YouTube in India. It happens a lot in India. You must be either super bored or have a lot of air compressors over there. There's this dude working in a factory in India and it, it might not be on YouTube, but it is on the internet because it was on one of the articles. This guy's working on a factory, working in a factory in India, and his co-worker's like, oh, you know what would be so funny? And they show him put the nozzle to just the back of his pants, but like aims it right for the butthole, which is pretty good accuracy. I can't straight up no-scope a butthole. Like, I, I have to, they, they kind of are in different, they're all in the same place, but it's like the size of the butt and everything like that. I couldn't do this. But anyways... The boss or the coworker, I don't remember which one, sticks the, this was an actual air compressor, 
sticks it against the pants to the dude's butthole, pulls the trigger. The guy dies a day later. I mean, it just completely shreds him open. Normally, they do die. But it happens a lot. People, it happened in Japan. Some guy was working in a factory, and the workers go, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we... Oh, and your stomach tends to bloat out. It's like if you put your lips to someone's butthole and went... But your breath was Superman's breath. Just completely destroy you. You're like, Jason, are you just going to tell... Are you just going to tell stories about people's buttholes being blown up until you say Dead or Ever Radio is the daily? No, no, no. Well, kind of. But I, I, a lot of people die. A couple of people get their colons blown out. I want to end it with this because I just find this just beyond. I don't know if I find it hilarious or what. But anyways, I find it hilarious. This guy, if, if it happened to me, it wouldn't be very funny. <laughs> but... This guy was working at a gas station, okay? He's a, uh, he's a clerk working at a gas station. He's looking at his watch. He's like, oh, man, I can't wait till I get out of here. This sucks. And then all of a sudden, some robbers come in. Give us all your money. Give us all your money. And he's like, time slows down. And he's like, looking at everything around. What can he use to fight against these robbers? He's looking. And he's like, yeah, I can't really find anything. He puts his hands up. The robbers start to, like, come around the corner to get his money. And then he's like, oh, wait, now I thought of something. My hands. And he starts fighting the robbers, right? And he's, like, beating them up, doing flying jump kicks. They're flying across the room. Makes a key energy ball, throws it. And the robbers know that they they, they can't get... This isn't a medical journal. Not he wasn't doing flying jump kicks. but Or the key energy ball. But this story, the meat of the story actually happened. So, anyways, he beats off the robbers. (laughs) <laughs> that's the wrong one. He finally, like, finishes off. That's wrong, too. He finally stops the robbery in progress, right? And one of the suspects is, like, running away. <sighs> I'm out of here. And then the second one, he refused to be beaten. And while our vigilante hero... Is it a vigilante if you're defending yourself? Just a hero. While our hero is standing there perfectly still. This <laughs> is true. The villain, the villain of the story... The robber grabs an air compressor nozzle. I guess you knew that was going to figure in here some way. And in one last desperate attempt, he knows he can't get the money at this point. The robbery is over, but he can get revenge. He sticks the air compressor up the hero's butthole, turns it on, blows the dude's rectum out, right? And then this guy lives as well. It just completely obliterated his colon. The doctor said they could see poop. Poop floating around in him. Completely destroyed the the intestines and all that stuff. So anyways, he lived. He lived. He has a bag too. I find that story so funny. Because, well, funny might not be the right word. But imagine, we've all imagined like, oh no, we're in the building. We're the only ones that aren't. You know, it's funny. It used to be terrorists have taken over the building. Terrorists have taken over your workplace, your school or whatever, but you are outside of, not outside the building. You're like, I'm going to Dairy Queen. Like you're outside of their capture radius. You're like in the bathroom at that time, or you happen to be crawling through the vents. You're like, it's my break. Crawl through the vents. We've all had that fantasy. We've all had that fantasy, man or woman. I don't care. Young or old. You've had that fantasy about terrorists taking over a place you're at and you having to fight your way out and like freeing people and stuff like that. I think now it's turned to mass shooters, honestly. I think now it's no longer like the organized Eastern European terrorists. They're like, get in the 
freezer and you happen to be like hiding in the oven of godfather's pizza they're walking by you're like ah grab one pull them into the pizza they're like where did ivan go sorry ivan sorry yes ivan m is also now an eastern european terrorist there goes that patreon donation the um we've all now i think it's you're trapped in a mall and some crazy kid comes in in a trench coat with an m1 it's just like pop 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 and you're like hiding in a giant teddy bear, and then you jump out and you grab them. So I think it's weird. I think that fantasy has evolved from the terror. Where was I? Why was I? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Anyways, I think it's so funny because you have these fantasies where it's like it's you and like all these armed robbers come in and you're like, oh, fighting them. You're picking them up, throwing them down, energy key ball, doing all this stuff. And never in my world, there have been times where I've been like, oh, yeah, dude. And then like the terrorists come in and I'm like, and I'm like hitting them in the face with a shotgun. and I'm like, stay down. All that stuff, right? And never in a thousand years... Oh, maybe I would have gotten shot in the shoulder. Or maybe I would have even gotten shot and killed, but at the last minute, I'm like, I die, but you lose. And I have their detonator, and they're like, no, and I blow them up, or whatever. Whatever stupid fantasy. And I know I'm not alone, so I know I'm totally fine saying all this stupid stuff. But never in a while... You know, Maybe I'd get shot. Maybe I'd get captured and punched in the stomach a couple times. Maybe I would live, maybe I'd die. Never in 43 years of having these hero fantasies of me fighting bad guys did I ever imagine once that Hans Gruber sticks an air compressor up my butthole. Ever. Never would have even occurred to me that at the last minute when I think I have the terrorists on the edge of the building, he's like, you may kill me, but I kill your butthole. And I shoot him and I'm like, I wonder what that meant. Ah! And then my stomach explodes. The world is weirder than anything you could possibly imagine. The fact that you stop a robbery and then the last laugh is 200 cubic feet of air being pushed into your body is bizarre to me. Absolutely bizarre. I never would have imagined that. I don't think anyone would have imagined that. The only person who thought of that was that robber who didn't want to be defeated. Stuck that air compressor up his butthole. It's interesting because this story comes from a medical journal. There's no follow-up. There's no, like, article where the police arrested the guy and it turns out that he was a collector of air compressors. He knew all about them. His father invented the air compressor. None of that. We don't know if the guy ever got arrested. We don't know if the guy's just colon got exploded and the robbers were never identified. Who knows? He could still be out there. Next time you're at a gas station pumping gas... That guy could be behind you, and he's looking over at that air pump, and he's like, if only I could trick him to come a little bit closer. He's like, hey, can you come here? I think my tire's flat. And you're like, yeah, sir, I'll come over there. Feel a little no- <laughs> feel a little nozzle touch your butthole. And you're like, <laughs> he strikes again. He strikes again. So <laughs> that's, that is basically our body horror episode. I wanted to do something different today. I like doing something different on Fridays. And today you may be like, Jason, you just read a bunch of news and then laughed during it. And that's true. But it's spooky, spooky Halloween month. And there's nothing spookier. There's nothing spookier than the madness of another human being. Whether it's them wanting to blow your mom to pieces, them wanting to castrate you, or them simply wanting to put a metal hose up your butthole. Isn't that the spookiest horror of all? Nick, don't worry. Next week, I'll tell a ghost story. (laughs) DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. 
Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.